Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast and is in your life today. And here we are, as I promised, with an episode of Captain Marvel, looking back on it. Movie came out last year, early of 2019. It was the co-main event of Avengers Endgame. Did it deliver? To me, it did not. It did not deliver in the slightest. And here I am talking about it. Here I am wanting to dissect on how either simple or how complex it was when it should have been simple. And I'm going to dive down a lot in terms of what I absolutely hated, what I disliked strongly. Pretty much this is a rant. And if you don't like it, hey, you know what? It's my opinion. It's my opinion. If you love the movie, I know my girlfriend has. I know a bunch of people have enjoyed the movie. By all means, that's fine. You do you. But I had to see this movie the third time for me to do this episode. The third time. And as much as how grueling those minutes were that I will never get back, I wanted to give it, in a way, a particular chance for me to talk about this movie and literally dive down in terms of what it was that was eking away at me. I have the notes in front of me, and I wrote down a lot of interesting points. So, again, after this episode ends, if you feel the same way, by all means, that's fine. You do you. You think what you think. I feel how I feel. That's what makes the world go round, right, round. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> but let's get down to it, shall we? This episode of the podcast, shoutouts to Jeremy Johns, one of my favorite YouTubers, one of my favorite movie reviewers of all time. Good-looking dude, great guy, great personality. He gives an unbiased point of view on every movie that he watches. He is a movie buff. He is good at what he does. He is knowledgeable in terms of what he talks about. And one of my favorite videos that is in relation to this, he made a video that is a section of B-rolls with the Eminem song. And the video is called, Will the Real Captain Marvel Please Stand Up? And it's probably the only thing that I liked about Captain Marvel. In its entirety of everything that I saw, that video was the only thing that I liked about Captain Marvel. Ain't that a bitch? Ain't that something that some dude, some awesome dude, just came out of nowhere and just assembled a roll of B-roll and B-footage? And then all of a sudden, you actually like that more than the movie? What does that say about the movie? What does that say about me? What does that say about society? What does that say about the directors? What does that say about the writers? I have no idea, but we all like what we like. If you want to check him out, go over to Jeremy Johns. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-J-A-H-N-S. Will the real Captain Marvel please stand up? You won't regret it, I guarantee you. It's about 30 to 40 seconds long. You'll have a good time. Now, let's get down to it, shall we? Before I saw this movie, a while back, I would say towards the end of 2018, I was really, really pulling for Captain Marvel to be extremely successful. It was the movie before Avengers Endgame. And I was thinking to myself, okay, if Black Panther did very well before Avengers Infinity War, then surely Captain Marvel would do 
ecstatic. And I was all up for it. I really was. I was hyped about the movie. I was hyped that a powerful, badass female character can come on and steal the show, steal the spotlight. And hell, there was a trailer when she went Super Saiyan, my guy. Fucking Super Saiyan. When she comes over and her hair is all fucking up and is all wavy and shit. And you got the yellow outlines surrounding her body. I mean, come on. That's the epitome of a fucking Super Saiyan, my guy. Then I saw the movie. I saw the movie once. And I had an interesting of a mixed reaction where I'm like, okay, it was, it was decent. But I saw the movie once at that time. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I need to see this again because I need to know what it was that I was feeling. I need to know if what I saw was my initial reaction or there was something that I was missing that I just couldn't figure out yet. So I watched it the second time and the movie made me so angry the second time because my brain turned on. My brain turned on and then I started to question everything that I was watching. I watched it the third time, literally before I'm doing this episode right now. Watching it the third time, and I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to have some kind of justification. Maybe I was being a little bit too hard on it. Maybe, in some particular way, I could actually give it much more of an open mind a chance. And I saw it the third time, and I thought to myself, nope, my feelings stayed the same like I saw it the second time. And I don't know if this has anything to do with what was going on behind the scenes. When Brie Larson, the actor that plays Captain Marvel, was promoting and marketing this film, first of all, it came out on International Women's Day. Nothing wrong with that. You know? Women. Yeah, I love women. Hell yeah. Love my girlfriend, love my mom, love my sister. I love women. It came out on International Women's Day, and I didn't really think to myself that there was some kind of red flag going on. So I ignored it. And then I saw one of the press conferences that she's had when she was talking about another film called A Wrinklage in Time or some shit like that. I think Oprah was in it. I don't fucking know. And she was talking about the movie and she was promoting Captain Marvel and she was saying something along the lines of this movie is not made for white men. And I thought to myself, why the hell would someone of a high standard in an MCU film say something like that, knowing that it was going to have a lot of backlash, a lot of controversy behind her fucking words. People that heard that instantly wanted this movie to fail. They tore it apart like there was no tomorrow. There was finding any justification to trash the film in God knows how many ways. It took me a while to think about it. You see... There comes a time where we as an audience must separate the art from the artist. If the artist is a piece of shit, or in this case a bitch, then the redeeming quality would be for us to enjoy their art and not be subjugated based on their personality. When a person makes an art, whether it's a film, a drawing, a project, or whichever, you have to appreciate the art in it of itself. And it's unfair to judge an art based on who the person that actually made it actually is. I can think of tons of examples. One off the top of my head would be, and this is probably a little bit of a controversial topic. Remember when R. Kelly, a long time ago, like over 10 years ago, when he made the series of short films and the series of the music videos, Trapped in the Closet? 
there was something about it where you wanted to know what was happening next. You wanted to know what was going on in the story because that's what you were following. You were following the story. And as time went on, when we realized that R. Kelly was indeed a pedophile and definitely is a piece of shit for what he did to those little girls, you really don't see those short films the same way. Because once again, you're connecting the art to the artist. And I've always made it a strong point of view that you have to separate those two because it's not fair to connect them. If one is bad, the other should not be thrown under the bus. It took me a long time to not make the same connection with Captain Marvel based on what she said at that press conference. It took me a while to realize that, okay, if I'm going to watch this movie, I'm going to forget about what Brie Larson said. I'm going to enjoy this movie and I'm going to see where it goes. And like I said, I watched the movie the third time and it just wasn't what it needed to be. It was a stepping stone. It was filler. It was a movie that basically was, in a way, a cash grab for you to try to see what the next thing is going to be. Now, I can ramble about this on and on and on, but it's time for me to get very specific. What were the main problems that I had with the movie in and of itself? There were so many issues that I had with it, and I have the notes in front of me, and I'm going to try to explain to each of them as best I can. If for any reason I stumble across something or if I don't make sense on a particular thing, then I'll try to correct myself in the best way I can. This movie felt like Marvel Phase 1. It was made where you honestly didn't know what exactly they were doing. Not to discredit Iron Man and Captain America and Thor, but the difference between those movies during Marvel Phase 1 in the early 2008 to 2012, they were still trying to find their footing. They were still trying to figure themselves out. Captain Marvel was made right before Marvel Phase 3 ended. You need to understand that when Marvel Phase 1 began, they were building towards something. And we excused them for that. A few of them may not be the greatest movies you've ever seen, but they painted a narrative. They painted a picture for us to get to where we are right now. 23 movies later, Captain Marvel is number 20 or 21 or something like that. And this movie felt like Marvel Phase 1, which to discredit, if this movie was made during 2008 or 2009, I probably would not have been so harsh on it as I am right now. When the directors made this movie and the writers, it honestly seemed like they saw the Avengers movie once and then wrote the script based on memory. That's what the screenplay felt like to me. And it was absurd. It really was to the point that I just couldn't understand why is it that they did not develop their own writing as best as they should. And it infuriated me. It really did. As I said, it felt like a stepping stone to get to something else, when it shouldn't have. Captain Marvel, her own movie was made before Black Widow. She needed to make a strong statement. Granted, yes, she made over a billion dollars at the global box office, but even that doesn't make any difference to me. If you make over a billion dollars at the global box office, that basically means that there was more people that was willing to see it. Other times, it could have been based on curiosity. And I remember there was one person that I was talking to on Facebook that said, Oh, well, uh, 
you know, Captain Marvel made over a billion dollars, so that means she must be good. Yeah, well, The Dark Knight made less than a billion dollars, and that is a way superior film than Captain Marvel. It really doesn't mean much to me when it comes to that kind of context. Not to mention, you're kind of forcing their narrative to base your own conclusion. And that's not really fair to do that. It really isn't. Sometimes you have to see things with an open point of view, and as I said, I did. And continuing on with the problems of this movie that I had, it didn't really have a specific style to it. It felt bland. If you've ever had spaghetti, and you've had lasagna, and there was no seasoning in it, and it just tasted bland and bleh and ugh, that's exactly what this movie was. It was a bowl of bland fucking spaghetti. What do I mean by no style? Well, there are a few things. When you watch this movie, you couldn't really tell who the hell directed it. It was boring. It was bland. It was just, just flatlined. All of the movies from the MCU had a specific style to it because you knew exactly who was directing what at one point. The Russo brothers. Joss Sweden, John Fravio. I'm sorry if I'm uh, mispronouncing his last name. Taika Waititi. James Gunn. Their movies had a specific style, whether it's their vision or their way to make characters pop or whatever their own movie was or was about, there was a specific connection. And in fact, Quentin Tarantino is a perfect example to this because every single one of his movies is somehow related or similar towards each other because he had a specific style to what he was doing. This movie had no style because you couldn't really tell who the fuck directed it. It was a bland spaghetti bolognese. That's exactly what it was. So another issue that I had with the problem are the juggling themes. In a way, this movie didn't really know what its main theme was. Was it about a buddy cop movie between her and the young Nick Fury? Was it about sisterhood where she is rekindling her friendship and her connection with someone that she barely even remembers? Someone that she worked from the army. And I was in the army too. So I know exactly how strong a brotherhood or even your close comrades when you fight alongside them. How strong that connection and that bond can be. Was it about falling and getting back up? Because there were a lot of quick flashbacks within the entire movie where she's a little kid and she's doing a reckless type of behavior. And she keeps on falling down and she's slowly getting back up. And I was certain, I was positive that that's exactly what this movie was about, but that's not really like that. Was it about her holding her true self or her power back? Well, that doesn't make any sense, because she's strong in the entire movie. And that leads to another problem that I'm going to mention in a bit. A lot of these issues I really had problems with, and they were just too complex to try to figure out. I realized that it mainly subjugated to one thing and one thing only. It was about her self-discovery and her individuality. Who she was as a person from her past life to her current life. It was all about self-discovery to find her true self, her, her inner self, so to speak. If only that was represented very well from the beginning all the way to the end, I would not have a problem with it. But again, this movie struggled in juggling all of these themes that you couldn't really tell which was which. Now, there were other issues that I was going on with this. And this is going to spend a lot of time for me to talk about. The fucking retcons. 
Oh my goodness. Where do we start with this? So what do I mean by retcons? Retcons is short for retroactive continuity. It is a form or a context of a narrative that happened previously and it changes or it is ignored in some either way, shape, or form. Now, for those of you that don't really know what the hell I'm talking about, I'll give a few examples. Do you remember Spider-Man 1 and 2 from 2002 to 2004? When those movies happened, what was one of the main narratives from the very beginning that gave Spider-Man his push to be who he was? Uncle Ben's death. How did Uncle Ben die in the first two films, or in the first film to be exact? He was shot by the guy that basically took the money and ran. That was all the narrative that we needed. That was the motivation and the drive and the push that basically made Spider-Man and become the hero out of guilt to become the way he is. Great power comes great responsibility. That's his motto. That's been the motto of Spider-Man since 1962. And in the third movie, how was that story retconned? Well, it turns out Sandman accidentally shot Uncle Ben when Uncle Ben was trying to stop him. It was a retcon that was so unneeded because it connected Sandman to Spider-Man and it just didn't need to happen. So that's what I mean by retcons. There were so many retcons in this movie, so many plot holes, and I'm going to try to pick out the ones that I knew affected me in a personal way. Captain Marvel was the whole reason Nick Fury got the idea of the Avengers Initiative. When Nick Fury was trying to find out what his initiative project would be called, he wanted to call it the Protector Initiative. But because he saw a nickname on Carol Danvers' plane, she called herself the Avenger. And that's where the Avengers came from. So all this time from the first movie, from Iron Man, we honestly believed that the Avengers' initiative was about a group of heroes that would avenge the world if for any reason they would fail. Instead, the name actually originated from Captain Marvel herself. Also, Nick Fury came to Iron Man when he stepped out of the shadows at that post credit scene and he said, I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers Initiative. Now, pay attention to the time setting. That time setting was 2008. The events of Captain Marvel happened in 1995. Why the fuck did it take Nick Fury 13 years to come up with the Avengers Initiative and bring it to Tony Stark? Was he actually waiting for someone like Tony Stark to come out and do what he does to be the hero that he did? You can make some arguments for that, but that's a hell of a stretch. It really is. The biggest retcon that drove the fucking irritant out of me. Nick Fury losing his eye. If you remember from Captain America and the Winter Soldier, one of the best MCU movies of all time, Nick Fury came to the cap and said, Last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. And when he was standing up against the traitors within the government or represented the government, he goes something along the lines of, You need to keep both eyes open. Which in turn was telling the audience that he trusted someone so close, so dear, that he lost his eye for it. Turns out on Captain Marvel, how did he lose his eye? The cat scratched his eye out. The cat scratched his eye out. Which means that badass moment in the Captain America Winter Soldier movie is basically played off as a joke. Are you fucking kidding me? Again, details. 
fucking details, my guy. Now, the number one problem of the entire movie that I see and that I know that I can't get my mind around that trumps everything that I said in this entire episode, Captain Marvel herself, the character. I, along with other fans, call it the Superman complex. She's too perfect. Or, no, not too perfect. She's too strong. She has no flaws whatsoever. What has she learned from the beginning of the movie all the way to now? She's a strong female character with no flaws whatsoever, which makes her unrelatable in every word of the sense. She has no flaws, no weaknesses, which makes her completely unrelatable. Now, a lot of little girls and a lot of young women would see that and go, yes, we have this badass, strong character that we can get behind. Okay, that's fun and dandy, but for me as a human being, I can't get behind that. Because from the beginning of the movie all the way towards the end, she's nothing but a plank of wood. She has no emotions, no flaws, nothing. How can I get behind someone that basically doesn't show a hint of emotion whatsoever? And no, I don't mean all those little moments where she was crying when she was, you know, going over her past life and her photos. By that time, it was already too late. It's the Superman complex. She's too perfect. She's too strong for her own good. She doesn't have any flaws that makes her decisions complex. She's not flawed as a human being. She's nothing but a plank of wood. As I said earlier, a bland of spaghetti. That's how I'm going to end it there. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast. If you like what you heard, you can tweet me. You can comment to me on the MG Voices, both on Twitter and Instagram. And if you didn't like it and you want to base on your own opinion and you think I'm full of shit, by all means, tell me. It's okay. I have an open mind. It's like I said, we all have our opinions. If you liked the movie, if you absolutely loved it, awesome. Great for you. For me, I thought what it was, it is what it is. Now... I'm really hoping, and I'm being completely honest here, and I said this before on one of my previous episodes, I'm really, really hoping Marvel and Hollywood actually learn from these mistakes, from the PR to the writing to the direction and everything, and when Captain Marvel 2 comes out in 2022, July 8th, hopefully makes her relatable, makes her awesome, make her someone to actually that people can get behind, and if she is going to be the leader of the new Avengers coming in the future, she has to have all of these character traits. Otherwise, she'll be another plank of wood and we're going to have to see how well they're going to do in the third movie, if there's going to be a third movie. It's like a friend of mine always tells me, you never want to put your eggs all in one basket and Kevin Feige was all up in that fucking basket. And with the backlash that was going on behind the scenes, I'm pretty sure that fucking backfired. But I'm just a fan at the end of the day. Before we end this, we're going to go off with a superhero quote of the day. And it's from Captain Marvel herself from the movie. You don't know me. You have no idea who I am. I don't even know who I am. And my reaction to that is, yes. Yes, Brie Larson. You just summed up the entire fucking movie for us. Thank you very much for making that very clear. Because we have no idea who you are as well. 
Tune in next time. Maybe I'll do another Looking Back episode. Or maybe I'll do something a little bit newsworthy. Hmm. We'll see what happens. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Till next time, I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.